talking about Rosh Hashanah or Rosh Hashanah and the Feast of Trumpets. Well, it's ten different things that this day is significant for. One of them, I believe, is the birth of Christ. And we're talking about where some of that came from. But part of the way that you know when he was born, you have to dig through the scriptures. And some of those scriptures uh, have pretty profound insights that you'd have to look at the stars to figure them out, which is, again, mm. not really good for our day. And it's not astrology. It's astronomy. It's a very different thing. So most Christians know that Jesus was not born on December 25th. I think we've all come to that conclusion. This date was established by the Roman Catholic Church around 360 A.D. when they held a special mass to honor Christ. Well, the pagan world celebrated Saturnalia, a feast honoring the birth of their sun god. Now, as the church grew in power and Roman deities faded away, the church kept the day and eventually came known as Christ Mass, or Christmas is how we say it, but the Mass has two meanings. Originally, it meant the victim of a sacrifice, the death. Eventually, it meant to be sent on a mission. The mission of Jesus was his death. So you can't celebrate the birth of Jesus on Christ Mass without also focusing on his death. So, you know, if you got to pick a day. But <laughs> astronomy, studying the heavens, should cause us to worship God. Here's what Psalm 8 says. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've ordained, what is man? So when we meet the Magi's from Babylon, they're traveling to visit Christ, and they use prophetic scriptures mm -hmm. to do it. What? Yeah. So we can assume they had been more influenced by Daniel and less by the other Magi and astrologers of Babylon who were maybe even from the tribe of Judah. So there's no reason to assume that the Magi were not from Judah, but there's a likelihood that they were. The prophecies of Daniel include encounters with Gabriel and detailed visions of the life and death of the Messiah. They would have learned from Daniel the precise time the Messiah was to arrive and that he would be cut off or crucified. Other prophecies would have led them to study the stars for more details because it says literally in Numbers 24, a star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. That doesn't mean much to us, but if you grew up studying the stars, that'd make a lot of sense. There's even a tradition throughout the Middle East that Daniel provided funds for the Magi and for the gifts for them to carry to the Messiah upon his birth. No way to know if that's true, but that's the tradition. What star did the Magi likely see to recognize Jesus was to be born and when? How did they end up there? All right, let's look at when. There was an interesting conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in 7 BC. Another one with Mars as the third planet in early 6 BC. But the planets were too far away from one another in both conjunctions to be considered a single star. So not really that impressive. As for 5 B.C. and 4 B.C., there was nothing of astronomical importance that would have caused anyone to journey to Jerusalem. While nothing was happening in the skies in 4 B.C., a lot was happening on Earth. Luke 1 tells us, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, if you were paying really close attention in there, there's a bunch of really important facts. King David chose 24 descendants of Aaron to lead the 24 divisions of priests. They all came to Jerusalem and served as priests during the three major feasts, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. The rest of the year, the divisions, they went home. They took turns serving for one week, once every six months, always in the same order. 
The rotation began at the conclusion of Passover in March or April, depending on the leap years. The division of Abijah was the 8th division. So their first week of service would have been at the end of May in 4 BC, when the angel Gabriel appeared to Zacharias in the Jerusalem temple and foretold the conception and birth of a son to be called John the Baptist, right? In June, Zacharias' priestly duties were done. John the Baptist was conceived. Six months later, in December of 4 BC, Gabriel appears to Mary in Nazareth. The conception of Jesus occurred, probably during the Festival of Lights, Hanukkah. Luke 1 also tells us that Mary traveled to Judea to see, to, uh, see her cousin Elizabeth after her encounter with Gabriel. When she arrived, Elizabeth was already six months pregnant. So that's how we know they were six months apart. In March of 3 BC, John the Baptist was born in Passover to Zacharias and Elizabeth. We know John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus, so that puts Jesus' birth in September. After two uneventful years on the night skies, suddenly in 3 BC and 2 BC, the whole heavens burst forth with signs and wonders. The king planet was called Gad, and the king star Regulus, and they had three conjunctions. Mm. In August of 3 BC, when Gad it's also called Jupiter by that time. If you were up this morning, you saw the moon and a little smile to the right there. You could only see one star. That was Jupiter. So it became visible above the eastern horizon as a morning star. That means it's a rising. That's when you see it. It was seen by the Magi in the rising. The bright new star appeared in the head of the constellation of Coma, who is the baby in the virgin's birth. Mm -hmm. Or the baby in the virgin's lap. In August 12th, of 3 BC, Gad came into conjunction with many, also called Venus by that time, as the morning star in the constellation of Ariel the Lion. That's the sign of Judah. So we have the <laughs> Virgin yep. and the Lion constellations. They're next to each other in the sign that go, the 12 that look like they're spinning over the earth at all times. Jesus was born one month later on September 11th which was the first of Tishrei on Rosh Hashanah. It would take over a year for the Magi to arrive in Bethlehem. We are given a bonus confirmation of Revelation 12, a sign in heaven. A great, a great, a great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with a moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. What? Mm. She was pregnant, cried out in pain, as she was about to give birth. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God into his throne. All right, let's pull that apart. Since the son, Jesus, will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, we know it's Jesus. And the mother is then Mary. This event with the sun and moon and crown obviously never happened on earth, but it did happen in the heavens, since we know that verse is speaking of the birth of Jesus. If we can find a time when the sun, moon, planets, and key stars are in the positions mentioned in that verse, should tell us when he was born, right? Mm -hmm. So we already know the neighborhood, right? But specifics. There are 12 signs in the zodiac, all right? That's the path. That's a Hebrew word. That's not some kind of eerily thing about uh, star things. So as the earth revolves about around the sun, each sign is clothed with the sun for one-twelfth of the year, or one month. The virgin constellation is the only sign of a woman that is located in the normal pass of the sun and moon along the ecliptic as they cross the heavens. Up next, we'll narrow the dates down, using that to confirm the actual birthday of Jesus. Ba-bam. Wow. I'm just, you know, I'm just in awe.
It's good stuff. It's the awesome days almost. It is. So that's right. The appropriate response. The days of awe. The awesome days.